0: So this is one of those shows I have been thinking about waking me up at night. I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about a book that just came out. And the author of that book, he's laughing in the background. You can't hear him yet, but you will in a minute. But this book is just absolutely amazing. Today, it's Uncommon Grit on Behind the Shot. Hi, once again, welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazel. This is the show where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion, all those stories and challenges that happen in between. And today is no exception. The stories are going to be amazing. We're going to be doing one shot, but I've got a couple of other shots to show you as well from the book that we're gonna be talking about. I do wanna remind you, if you wanna find me anywhere, the easiest thing is stevebrazel.com for me. The podcast is BehindTheShot.tv and that is where you can find the show notes for today's episode or for that matter, any episode. And if you wanna subscribe to the podcast, either in audio or video format, if your podcast app supports video, you can find all the links to subscribe there as well at BehindTheShot.tv or you can watch the video on the YouTube channel. It's at BehindTheShot on YouTube and be sure to hit that bell. Otherwise, you're not going to know when we do something new, some of the streaming stuff or one of the new episodes. Uh, Facebook is the one social media that I'm not generally on. So if you want to follow me online somewhere, your best bet is either Instagram or Twitter. It's st- at Steve Brazel. It's like Brazil, but two L's or at Behind the Shot TV. Both of those work. I've kind of put my Facebook pages on hiatus. They're still there. I haven't closed them, but you know, I'm just waiting on that. So I want to jump right into today's guest because I mentioned at the beginning This episode, and I'm not even kidding here, has had me waking up at night. A friend of mine, Scott Heath, mentioned to me, called me up and said, hey, are you interested in in having a Navy SEAL on the show? I'm like, well, yeah, but it always depends on the photography, right? I mean, I want to talk to a Navy SEAL, and this month, actually, we've got Veterans Day, which is great, fits in with that, but... Obviously, with a photography show, it always comes down to the photography. So he sent me from the publisher, who's a friend of his, he sent me a PDF of the book. And immediately I was taken aback, contacted the publisher. The publisher sent me the actual book, Uncommon Grit. And before I tell you what I think about the book, let me welcome the gentleman, the author, the photographer of this book, Darren McBee. I'm going to call you McBee, but it's Darren McBurnett. Uh, How are you? Good,
1: good. Thank you for having me on, man. This is uh, this is exciting stuff. I, I appreciate your time, and uh, it's an honor to be here. So thank you very much.
0: It, it, believe me, it's my honor. And let me start here. You're a veteran. It's Veterans Day this month, so uh, you know it'll either be right after this episode airs or right before, depending on what day it goes live. But first of all, thank you for your service.
1: I appreciate that. That's my liberal arts degree. Hard at work. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so. I want to talk about you for a sec before we before we get into this book because yep. I told you in the green room some thoughts about the book. But first of all, you're a veteran, you're a photographer, you're a speaker, you're an ambassador, you're an author. You kind of do a little bit of everything. Let's kind of go run down that that list there. Twenty four year
1: seal career. Twenty four years. Yep. Yeah, so I'm still alive. So that's, uh, that's shocking, which is kind of neat. So I'm
0: happy about well, that. <laughs> well, and what you're doing is to, to say the least hazardous, but you've been on numerous deployments and you were a seal platoon leader. So let's start with mm-hmm. what makes Darren want to be a seal. I mean, I know I read your bio and looking you, looking at your history, yep. you were athletic in high school. You did track, you did cross country. As I yep. recall, you did water polo. I was a water polo goalie. Um, But since then, you've done the Ironman type stuff and endurance racing. What causes you to think SEAL?
1: Well, that's a great question. And what I uh, tell most people, I just I didn't really know that existed until I was in the Navy, you know, and so because I had such fast swim times and run times. Um, what it's called a career counselor. What they do, just like anything else, they guide you for the perfect job to be in the Navy because you know you want the benefit. Navy wants the best out of you. You want the best you can give while you're in the Navy, and so they find a spot for you. And uh, our micro counselor just said, "Hey, you you should be. You know, why don't you try it for Navy SEALs? Why don't you try it for a SEAL teams?" And I was like, "Of course!" I giggled a little bit because it's just sounds funny. You know, I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, <laughs> this is back in '94. You know, and um. And I was like, okay, well, what do they do? <clears throat> and uh, he was like, well, they swim all day and scuba dive. I was like, well, <laughs> well, who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And they teach you, you know, because all you think because all, uh, yeah, all I'm thinking about is swimming in the pool, doing laps, you know, like in water polo and everything, and you swimming in triathlons and, you know, and then scuba diving. So you think of like Nassau and you know, uh, Panama city or, or, or Jamaica. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. I can't believe they have that job. I'm signing up for that. You know? So I did. And then I ended up at uh basic under one demo was demolition seal training. And uh, I was, I convinced myself, I like, wow, I have been totally bamboozled. This has nothing to do with anything what he said. <laughs> and so there I am, you know, with uh with a bunch of other guys. <laughs> well, but here's what's interesting to me. So 24 so, uh, years
0: as a Navy seal, you're obvious, obviously athletic, right? So you've got that. But SEAL training mm-hmm. in and of itself is secretive to a great extent, right? A lot of people don't know what happens really in SEAL training. It's, it's come out in pieces. And there was a great documentary actually on SEAL training. But mm-hmm. that's kind of yep. where yep. my introduction to you is your photography with the SEAL training. But you are an award-winning photographer. You've got clients such as Nike. Nat Geo, Fox and Friends, Rolling Stone, uh, CBS Seal Team, which okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. And the movie Act of Valor. Yeah,
1: was just... <laughs> Say again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's kind of kind of kind of fun, man. That was
0: I I guess my question is how d- I don't even see the connection between Seal <laughs> and photographer.
1: How does that happen? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not even common. It's like, why don't you just tack like uh, you know, <laughs> blogger and, and and food taster on there? Honestly, it just right. It just right. doesn't restaurant fit, critic, you know. Yeah. But uh, but that's yeah, exactly. I'm restaurant critic. I'm world. Uh, I'm a world uh, uh, concierge and uh, uh, blogger, you know. But uh, no, I'm not any of those. It's just yeah, it doesn't fit. But it, it's just it just happened, and I wish I can go into like the big lengths of how that happened. But it's long story short is I was just in a moment where I thought that, wow, I needed to take a picture of this. And that was after 10 years of being in SEAL teams deployed to like Kosovo, Liberia, Iraq, Afghanistan. And the ratio is usually five, uh, uh five to two. That's five years deploying and two years at a shore rotation where you're at home more, your head is uh at your home bed a lot more, you go into advanced training, you 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 elevate yourself and, and become more of a tactical leader and you need time to do that before you go back out again. And I got sent I was out at Yuma, Arizona teaching military free fall and um and I just, you know, out there, you know, you're up you're up there, you know, sixteen thousand feet at five o'clock in the morning, a ramp opens up. And, um, all you see is the, the whole desert. It's like red, really yellow, orange. And uh, of course, you know, I'm already a, vide- a videographer. And what that means is like, you have to video your students. So, because they have to see what okay. they're doing wrong. So I was a video guy. So I had to go through all the training. So I've been there for a year. I was like military freefall jump master, basic, uh, military free fall, military free fall, instructor, examiner video. Yeah, have, I, I had over a thousand jumps. I had a thousand. Matter of fact, I had a thousand and eight jumps by the time I put, um, a camera on my head uh, to to start doing photography when I wanted to do it. Even the military staff was like, do we want to put what on your head? And I'm like, yeah, it's how you want to take pictures of stuff. But I remember I look at my student and and going out there. It's like, man, this is freaking beautiful. Maybe we should take a picture. And he's looking at me scared to death. And I'm like, oh, there's a green light. Go, you know, and he jumps out and I go out with him. But I knew it's like, I wanted to take a picture of that. But that path to take that picture was like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is crazy. And you know, you're, you know, and that just dove me into, uh, learning photography. And, and that, that was a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother journey. Just learning that. I mean, I remember cause I'm self-taught, um, with photography. And, uh, when I got on, started learning in 2007, um, everything was digital photography. And I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, cause right. I, I'd Google photography, then digital. And then what happened, it was two different things. It was, uh, every time I did Google something about photography, digital darkroom would show up and I'm like, great. And I have to learn two things. What the hell? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> this is taking forever. And so, so I was that guy, I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would send my girls off to the the kids section. I'd go to the digital photography section. and I'm literally sitting there in a little tiny chairs at Barnes and Noble with a digital photography book with my, with my SEAL team Two dive log book. From all my last dives from like we had to sketch out everything, tides, currents, what ships were hitting, fold a page back and like, okay, all right, white balance and I'll like write it down and take notes. Taking notes. You know, and then put the book <laughs> back because I couldn't afford to put it back, you know, and go back to the house. I mean that's 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 how I learned. And then I I learned I learned backwards. Okay. I know this is a, this is pretty long, but I learned backwards because I couldn't afford anything. I'm in the military, I have two kids, I'm unhappily married, so that means I'm obviously broke. And so I'm just sitting there. And I literally had to learn for about six months. And I learned the digital darkroom first. I learned like I would sit there. I got an old version of uh, Photoshop, learning Photoshop. It was like $5 on eBay. I right. bought it. Oh. And I remember putting it in my old Mac. I mean, that's see my old PC, loading it up. And I had these, had these work files. And, just, and, um, and that's how I learned. I learned uh, backwards. But what's so, interesting like, I how to is. Do histograms. To
0: me, what's interesting is you just said histograms. That's teaching you the technical side. But what's fascinating about this book to me is, uh, and this is the book for people to know. This is, hands down, one of the most powerful, and I have a ton of them here, right? This is one of the most powerful it's a photography book, but it's not. There's a lot of stuff in there that Darren goes through on the process and, and seals in general and, and his history and, mm-hmm. and how things progressed, but, and references to the band Corn, which we were talking about before we started recording.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's
0: one of the most powerful books I've ever seen photography wise. But here's what's interesting you could sit in Barnes and Noble all day long and not get anything on composition. And what I found as I went through this book Hmm. was compositionally, compositionally? Is that a word? Composition-wise? I don't know. (laughs) Is that that a word? (laughs) The the, the art of composition that you employ in this book is literally second to none. I'm not sure I've ever seen in this type of photography, which is somewhat photojournalistic, the the compositional Hmm. skill Of capturing something unfolding in front of you, even with, even though you know the subject that I've ever seen. When, when you, I, I guess let's go there first. I want I want to get into your motivational speaking and get into the shot, but I'm, okay. I'm intrigued by this. Where did that come from? Where did you learn composition from? Because your eye is brilliant, dude. Well, brilliant.
1: Oh, I, I, I don't know. I just see things, but it, it, that what you said actually is, is really, really fascinating to me. Um, just the fact that I failed composition. Um, so I took, I'm just going on just a real tidbit, which is hilarious. Um, I decided maybe later on, I should get some three letters behind my name, except besides seal. And I decided to be a go to the Professional Photographer Association, Certified Professional Photographer Process. PPA, yeah. You know, and then, um, so, yeah, I decided to go to that. So I went to Dallas for three days. They did this, like, kind of like, you should already know this stuff, but we're going to give you a refresher uh, sort of thing. So I passed, by the way, got a 77. So I knew a lot of stuff, but when I came back, it was composition that I failed. I failed really? every every aspect. I think I got, like, a 3 I got 3% on that because I didn't know. I mean, the questions they were asking were like, they'd show you a picture and it's like, you know, what's the iPath compositional layout of this? And it'd be like a, a boy with a baseball, a, 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 a teddy bear back. And, and, and I would look at that and i like, I have no freaking clue. So I just guess. I, I don't know the ball. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. And like, I missed all but of them. Somehow, so, it, so when you somehow... come back compositionally, even though you can't see it. It, it, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just can't be taught. I think, I don't think oh. it can be taught. I think it has in in my mind when, when I went through, that's just me personally, you know, cause obviously I failed it. Uh, but when I'm photographing things, especially seal training, because first of all I went through as a seal and I was a BUDS, a seal instructor, I know what to look for. You know, I, not too much to look for. It's like, I remember the things that sucked. And I remember the things that being a student, I always wonder what we like if my mind's eye went out and took a photograph of me doing this. And so, and the whole compositional and how I photographed this, I wanted you to look at it as if you were take, if you were in the training and you're looking left and you're looking right and you're looking forward and you're looking up. Okay. You, you are a student looking through this training and that's the way I wanted to portray it because uh, I didn't want it because anyone can stand there and if they see something cool, they can take pictures of it. It's like, okay, you don't really want to take a picture. It looks cool to you, but I know how to photograph it because I've been there. and I know. So that's why a lot of, the, lot of them are black and white for reason. Because in the morning when you're doing log PT, that, that haze gray is over you. You got sand in your eyes and everything is gray and dark. But you you know, but When you're underwater doing all these evolutions. Yeah.
0: You, you have an ability though. What you just described is storytelling, right? You know the story and you yeah. you just suddenly put mm-hmm. and by the way, it works, right? You put the viewer of that photograph <laughs> in that situation. It's it's a landscape photographer's dream that when you look at their photo you can imagine yourself standing in the mountains. Well, the yeah. shot we're going to talk about today yep. wasn't comfortable to picture myself there, but I 100% did, right? This whole this yep. whole path for you. The, mainly the seal stuff, mm-hmm. but your life yeah. experiences has led you to being mm-hmm. an ambassador for the Uncommon Grit Foundation, which is a nonprofit you started, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, we did. Tell me about it's Uncommon about me Grit. My Foundation. wife started that. Uh, Uncommon Grit Foundation was was uh, something we came up with that as the years have come. Remember, this book took four years to make after we got done and retired and moved on because I had so many photographs and it took. It's I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe it, but all I can say is like, I, there's, I have all the images. I see it in my head, what I want to create out of it. And then I create the image. But anyway, uh, it started to create its own, it, it, it created its own following. It created its own brand along the way um, as, as it's part of me. And so, you know, going on Instagram and then getting like, I think I got like 93,000 followers, Got verified on all the social media aspects. One on Fox and Friends, and then everything where I would go, people would would identify me with you know the photographs and being a SEAL and uncommon grit. And then all of a sudden, we just I was like, you know what, this makes sense. And so we just created the foundation. And what the foundation does is we just, you know, we 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 try to take care. Of, which one of the number one thing in the SEAL teams is take care of those who are taking care of you. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's like, you know, you take those two words, uncommon and grit, which is like uncommon, which is out in the ordinary and grit is like, uh, characteristics. Right. It's like, Hey, okay, what's uncommon characteristics. And, that, and that's all the people that want to move forward in the danger and, and, uh, and protect our country. And we don't really see them, you know, like police officers, firefighters, military, you know, you don't know their names, you know, you don't know their doctors faces, and nurses, families right? And I and they're mean- out there protecting you. Doctors and nurses. Yeah. Everybody first responders, you know, they're taking care of us. And, uh, for the most part. You know, people uh, not turn a blind eye, but they just go about uh, uh, their lives and they know they're out there, but understand that they have families too. And when they die, it's like, make sure that we take care of those because they took care of us. And so that's what the foundation's all about.
0: I, I love that. Uncommon Grit Foundation. And all of this, again, has led you to be a motivational speaker. You've spoken at a company I've done a ton of business with, mm-hmm. CDW, AIG, Budweiser, Rite Aid, Hilton oh, yeah. Hotels, and, yeah. and 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 there's a bunch more, but the book- all of this leads you to this book that you said takes four years to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And here's what's interesting about this book. Okay. The description on the website is it's an unprecedented look at SEAL training, the toughest training in the military and the world from the vantage point of somebody who lived through it. But what's fascinating to me is my father was military, he was Air Force. And I've known about seals oh, awesome. and i've known about and i've I've known some seals growing up and and the training was always very, very secretive, not in the sense of secretive it's just it's one of those you know first rule of fight club you don't talk about flight fight club, right most people will not talk <laughs> yep. about the specifics of the training in seal training, but your book shows aspects of seal training that are trying to think of words here and because again this thing's been waking me up at night trying to figure out these words and I still can't
1: <laughs> it, it, it's both
0: inspiring and uncomfortable as hell at the same time right in one single photograph you're like wow uh, right all at the same time in this beautiful way <laughs> composed in this artistic way so I guess the question I, I want to start with is because this isn't all you photograph. So before we get into this picture in the book, uh, how does... I don't want people to look at this and just think that's all he shoots, right? How do you describe what you photograph? As a photographer, right? You don't ever get to talk about your photography as much as you do your seal history. No. So tell me, Never. how do you see yourself as a photographer?
1: How do you describe yourself as a photographer? Um, I, I... I, I d- you know what? You're, you're right. It's like, you know, for all these years, now that we, this book is, you know, being actually released and out there now I'm getting photography questions. I'm like, man, I better figure out how I'm going to answer this stuff. Cause I don't, <laughs> cause I never talked about it before ever. You know, it's like, if you take the world of photography, I'm like, I've been like out here on my own. It's like, even little red riding hood didn't take this path, you know, at all. It's like, I'm the only one. It's like, I start out with uh free fall and then the, be- obviously it was a seal and then photograph seal. It's like, I'm the only one on this path. I mean, there's millions of photographers and you know, but there's only one that's done this path. And so it's been by myself and I've never really had any photographer, photographer friends. I never really got to talk to anybody about it. Cause I've been surrounded by seals, you know? And right. so that's been that my, my cheese Navy seal uh, thing. But then I get done and I go home and I'm like, Oh, it's like, man, boy, I screwed up on that aperture. That was dumb. You know? <laughs> so, Um, it's, uh, it's not just from very, very unorthodox. (laughs) No, I, oh, I, I, I'm very unorthodox. Okay. Um, I do have, I do have one photography friend and I remember showing him one, one of my favorite photographs that I, that I took, um, at at SEAL training. He goes, well, it, well, it breaks some rules, but it works. And I remember looking at him, there's rules. Who made up these (laughs) stupid rules? You know, it's like this is what it's, it's. I like it. There, done. That's that's the rule. I like it. That's the rule. You know, and so um, uh, that to me. So I'm very, very, very unorthodox when I look at things. And because I'm very unorthodox how I look at things is the fact that I embrace. Um, I really embrace imperfection. A hundred percent. I embrace little things that go wrong here and there because I find art in anything. I just, I find for some reason I had that unique ability just to look at things and see patterns, see things that don't match, see things that, that color that's not supposed to be there, that, that make, that makes a scene. I just, I can see it. And so when that, I by the see way, that, that go into is, it. But-
0: I don't think that's a as much, I, I suppose it could be. I don't think that's as much a trainable mm-hmm. skill, right? I think that's in you.
1: Yeah. I, I see, you know, it's, it's not like that creepy guy in the sixth sense. I see dead people, you know, it's like, <laughs> I just see stuff, you know, I just see it, you know, <laughs> I, just, I don't know, but, but here's the thing and I got to be honest with you. And it goes back to when I started photography, because like I said, I learned digital darkroom and, and how to photograph backwards. Okay. So I learned like, you know, all the analog stuff, you know, all right, the, right. Uh, I mean, it's like when I finally first, when I got my first camera was a Canon 30d the first thing I did, I switched the back of the LCD screen to show the histogram. You know, that's what I looked at because that's what I understood. And I understood numbers. I understood uh, highlights. I understood mid tunes and I, I understood uh, um, uh, the, the, the dark tones. I understood what it is and read the piles of tiles, zero two fifty five. Like, so when I look at a scene, I knew how it was going to look in the histogram and that's when I knew to go in and set something and do exposure compensation to set it one thing or, or another or, or go manual because when I was skydiving, I didn't have that opportunity because the whole landscape is changing. Cause I'm going 135 miles an hour. So I just right. set TV and set it on. Okay. I don't want this to be, I didn't want this to be 800. I'm going to set the ISO at 400. And then whatever happens happens. If I go through a cloud, I know that I can take a shot. I can reach up and I can do the top dial one to the right or two to the right, depending on what I set it to change that aperture, go up, um, uh, uh, two apertures or, or low two apertures while I'm skydiving, then come back down. But, um, but that's what I knew. And so I know went off on a tangent right there, but I just, I see stuff, but because I learned backwards instead of like forwards, because, you know, so many people have a target. Oh, look, I took this picture. Look at my LCD screen. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, uh, hey, good for you. You know, but for me, it's like, I, it's like, sh- like show me the numbers first. When right. I see a scene, it's like, okay, I know how this is going to look. I know how to, I know how to, to create what I want to see. And a lot of times, believe it or not, I, I use, I found myself using all of the, all the modes that people told you not to use. Right. You know, I, I found some of the best work I did with a Senate, with a, a center weighted priority, you know, people are like what the, cause it's one of those things that you go on and people just don't really right. talk about it. Like, I'll just follow all your, your settings are fine. you this is average. This is average. I'm like, well, what does that mean? What does center weighted mean? You know what? does what you know what does that mean? It's like you have all oh, this is evaluative, you know. But but when I started shooting, examples center weighted, I'm like I got a whole new picture every time. Right. And I thought to me that was fascinating. That was kind of like the art of photography is experiment with with what you have, you know. And it's like, okay. and so, I will say people anyway, don't so I went experiment. Grins the grain in a lot of things.
0: People don't experiment with with things like metering modes like I'm in I'm periodically in spot metering or center weighted. And a lot of times I'm in evaluative Ah. or or matrix metering, which which all kinds of brings Mm. us to this photo, because the photo we're going to talk about today (laughs) is insane in subject matter and in photography skill. So let me, first of all, just remind everybody, you can go to the website, it's behindtheshot.tv. If you go there, I've got a little bit that I wrote about Darren. I've got links to all of Darren's you know, online presence. And I've got a gallery of images from this book so that you can kind of see what he does and then go to those links. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please, if you like it, give it a thumbs up and be sure to hit the bell. Uh, subscribing isn't enough. Just hit that subscribe <laughs> bell as hard as you can. And that makes things a, a little bit easier, which then brings us to this. This image is insane to me. I, I should ask, is there a name? Did you, do you name your images?
1: No, I, I just have not categorized. That's it. It's like okay, this is this is like example. This is CTT. This is pull work. This is drown proofing. This is not tying. This is the okay. meter. You know, this is log PT. You know, you get it. So that's that's all I have it under. But um, but for that one, uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, it just uh, it it just everything made sense with that one to me. And so, and,
0: and it does. By the way, let me for those of you want to come to drown proofing, I'm going to try and describe this picture like I always do, and I'm going to start here impact this image will affect you right when you see this image under whatever whatever circumstances you see it under this shot will affect you it's a black and white photo and it's underwater in a swimming pool when i say underwater in a swimming pool it looks like you're about halfway down the pool you can see the light reflecting in the rippling water on the top and you can see those shadows from that rippling water being reflected on the bottom of the pool. And you see the tiles in the bottom of the pool as well. You can see windows, underwater windows on the far side of the pool. And the only time I've really seen a lot of underwater windows on a pool was when I played water polo. Some pools have, have uh, windows underneath for cameras like at colleges and stuff or that type of thing. In the pool, you see, best count, probably about 10 SEAL trainees. And they're floating in the water. They're floating at different levels. Some of them are almost at the bottom. Some of them, their heads are out of the water. Some of them are kind of in between, right? And some of them are way under the water. And now the uncomfortable part. Their ankles are tied with rope together and their hands are tied behind their backs. So it's not just like they're floating and swimming and having fun, right? They're tied up and sinking In the water, and here's where I wanna touch on composition. I don't normally do this this early, but I gotta do this. Center frame. So you've got all these swimmers, right? And you see some of them just legs, some of them heads are out of the water, some of them full bodies, but all the swimmers pretty much, the left side not so much, all the swimmers kind of overlap other swimmers or are affected by the light or the shadow. There is one swimmer about a third of the way back, underwater completely, Bubbles of air coming out, looking right down the barrel of Daryl's lens, uh, Darren's lens. I mean, and I mean, right, looking right at you during this, almost as though you looked at him and went, over here, look over here, like I would do to a band member, right? <laughs> so let's start, just get the technical out of the way. I've got the EXIF data on this, if people are, are curious and tell me if this sounds wrong but it was a canon 5d mark ii with a 14 millimeter 2.8 mark ii which i love that lens Mm -hmm. and you shot it in aperture priority at 7.1 which gave you an exposure of 1 500th -hmm. of a second iso 400 of course you're at 14 millimeters white balance is auto so technical stuff out of the way let's dive in here are you under the water with them or are you behind a window on this side
1: Oh, I'm underwater with them, man. I'm a seal. So I, I swim there with them. So know? what's your camera um, in? And I had an aquatic, it's an aqu- one of the Aquatica lenses. So the Aquatica housing, have you seen those? It's like the, like surfers use a lot of them. And actually it's a base for a lot of, on River Tarry, they'll put a lot of arms. And it's just kind of like the base model. What I did was, um, because we're, you know, we're seals. Uh, we improvise. So I put, uh, Dregger dive weights, Dregger dive weights are little bags of weights that go on our, um, our rebreather to to, uh, uh, trim us out in the water when we're, uh, going with, um, when we're diving and, uh, um, it's like it's, it's closed circuit, so there's no air. And so, we have weights on there that kind of balances out when we're swimming. So, I put those, I duct taped them to the side. So, that kind of kept the, the camera just oh. uh, neutrally buoyant, which is what I really wanted. And so, when I'm down there, I'm like, yeah, I, I just go up, take a breath and come down. You know, I'm just, but I'm looking and that's, that's kind of what I do. It's like, it, once again, it's, it's you know, when you're, behind, when you're behind something protecting yourself, you're never going to get the shot. You never, I think a long time ago for time or life magazine, I think Joe McNally did a few pieces. And yeah, I remember, I remember one of the shots from a long time ago a conference I saw, I was like, you know, he was looking through the glass. You can see, and it was like, okay, you know, that's one thing about knowing your subject photographic and taking a of something. It's like, okay, I was in there with them because it's drown proofing. And then we do a lot of things in the water. And this to me, it's, 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 it's how you become a Navy SEAL. It's like these, these evolutions with the 50 meter underwater swim, uh Drown proofing, uh, underwater knot tying. These are uh, uh, your your core uh, test gates that you have to pass. And drown proofing is one of them. Then uh, drown proofing evolution takes about twenty minutes. And so your hands or feet are tied. Your hands are tied behind your back. Your feet are tied. We're going to throw you in uh, ten foot of water. You have to. Yeah, first of all, you have to swim a hundred meters back. That's four laps, a hundred yards.
0: With your hands uh, and your ankles with tied. With your hands
1: and feet tied. Yep, yep. Which can be done. <sighs> Uh, once you get back, you bob. It's called bobbing, okay? Bobbing is how you relax. And, and, and this, is, this is where you really start to understand where you're going to panic or not. Because all you do is take a breath, you exhale, you go down to the bottom, you push off, you come up, you take another breath of air, and then you exhale on your way down. And then bo- that buoyancy thing, they come down, you go back, and then you actually relax. You get into a rhythm. He's like, all the way down, push off, take a breath of air. Wow. Exhale, go all the way down. Now then you're starting to get in a rhythm. You get getting comfortable and then you have to float for five minutes. So now you take a breath, and now you just got to float. So you're just floating. You just learn how to float. That's where you're keeping your lungs at least three quarters full of air, but relaxing at the same time. And then when you get done with that, you do a couple flips, forward flips, back flips, back to bobbing, and then we just throw your mask in the water. You go down. You have to go down there. You have to lick it up with your, with your head and put it in your teeth and come up. And you say, like, "I feel fine." You know, permission to be done with the evolution. They're like, "Yeah, come on in." You swim in and your partner grabs you, pulls you out. And that's what it is. And so the whole thing is, is your ability to relax the water. Can you think in the water? Can you problem solve in the water? And can you actively participate in saving your own life in the water? That's the whole point of the evolution. Um, and so photographing that was, was a lot of, to me, it's, that's what I want to portray. I want to portray like, this, this is what this is. It's like, people can say, I'm proving my note. This is what it is. I want you to see a guy All right. He's his feet are tight, his his feet are tied, his hands are tied, but also there's a guy, a person's foot right here letting you know his feet are really tied. It's kind of like, yeah, what you're seeing is actually correct. Look at that. His feet are actually tied, there's a knot. And I actually sharpened it with high pass sharpening just to make sure you really, really saw it. You know, and so and then everybody in the back is kind of like they're all they're all doing the same thing, but you can kind of it's just in my mind, it was that was that perfect shot where he's looking right at me. And what the thing I don't do is I never people ask me, did you ask the student to do anything? It's like I never when I was in training, it's like I I never ask anybody to do anything. I, I you don't just want to interrupt like, their there, focus. This I, guy's focusing on not drowning. Nope. Right. Yeah. I don't want anybody, it's like sometimes I'm there. I never went into people's faces to do anything. Uh, because I want them to go through the training and that's, what we want to go through the training. And so for me, I was always like offset doing something. Um, and then in the water, your eyes are closed anyway. It's chlorine. They can't really see anyway. So I'm usually, I was just sitting down at the bottom. I'm just like, okay, what would be a good scene? You know? And like, and I did, and of course it's patterns. I'm big in the patterns. So for that one, I'm looking at the patterns. I'm looking at things that really, but you know, when I had this guy coming right next to me and his foot kept on coming up and down, I'm like, ah, oh, okay. This one might be good. So I just went back and, you know, came back and waiting. And that's, I have a lot of drown proofing, but it's like some of them don't really sync up. But like I said, I'm looking for patterns. But the whole overall thing is, it's like I just wanted to, the image do you see is like, you are really drown proofing. And so this is, this is what it is. And you see everyone drown proofing. You got the guy right in front of you. And then you got the, the, the feet right next to you showing you that it's like, yeah, their feet are really okay. tied. And black and white, because, yeah, Go, go
0: because that's what I was going to ask, was did you know you were going to do this in black and white when you yeah. shot it?
1: Yeah. yeah. A lot of the, the drown proofing I do in black. Anything that I did in the pool evolutions, you'll notice I gravitated to black and white because this is where, um, like I said, it goes back to me from being a student at SEAL training is the fact that you do all these evolutions with your eyes closed, okay? Because obviously you don't want the chlorine to burn your eyes the whole freaking time. So, And that's the way you have to relax. And so... When I was a student, when I was doing that, I always imagined it being dark, number one, because I projected my mind's eye out looking in on what I thought I looked like. And I knew it was dark because your eyes are freaking close. And that, and that to me is, um, pardon me, um, that's how I look at a lot of the black and white photos is, is that's how you kind of see things when you're doing it. But there's really no color, you know, where well, your, 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 your eyes are shut and then we do open them up. It's kind of white. You can't really see anyway. And so you're going back down and you go back up, and there's real like I said, there's really not a lot of color. And that just wanted like that's how I thought that I would look as as a black and as um as your external eye looking in. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I'm a weird dude, and that's how I look at things. And uh, that's how dude, I, that's how I look at it. Completely makes sense to me. I mean, absolutely makes sense <laughs> to me
0: because and here's the thing you touched on something that I think is really important too, because you said you can see the patterns, right? By making it black and white, by removing, in this particular case, the color would have been a distraction almost, right? By removing the color, you've emphasized those patterns. And the the smallest patterns in this, so first of all, the separation of height of the trainees. The guy looking right down your lens is equidistant from the top of the pool, from, from the top of the water to the bottom of the pool. I mean, he's like floating dead center. Other people, the legs in front of you, you see just Mm -hmm. from mid-thigh down. Other people, you can tell their heads are out. Other people, you can tell their heads are touching the top, but they're completely underwater. That up and down movement adds layers of texture, but then you have that going back as well because now you have foreground subjects, mid-ground subject, background subject, just like a landscape photographer Mm -hmm. would shoot. And here's something I also noticed too. So, So the first row, if you look at the tiles on the floor of this picture, you have the tiles going from you, going back, you get perspective. So now you have leading lines. We're talking about the rules that don't exist, right? You have leading mm. lines in there. Mm. But then you that, have yeah, the, the horizontal I- lines, and the first <laughs> row of the, the first row of tile horizontally is pretty level. But then as it goes back and you see the back edge of the pool, there's a slight tilt to this picture. And or at least perceived slight tilt to the picture based on it's also weighted because you see the right side of the pool. You don't see the left side of the pool. That adds tension and, com- and and discomfort to the picture that it's slightly askew, right? So many good composition choices. It still amazes me that they didn't like your composition choices at PPA. PPA, get it together, man. Um, So let's go here. And by the way, there is some lag on this connection, folks. So if there's, if we step on each other, we apologize. It's, it's Zoom, right? COVID. Uh, yeah. So lighting. <laughs> yeah. You don't use under... Because you can use underwater lights when you're scuba and shooting fish or coral or whatever. This is natural light yeah.
1: entirely? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I want to talk use, to you about uh, your... The only time I ever used... Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. The only time you used what?
1: There's that. There's that. Uh, the lag, only time I ever way. used flash there's was. Uh, uh, there's the. Yeah, there's that leg. The only time I ever used flash was um, uh, grinder PT, the four AM PT. That's the only time I ever used flash. Um, I'm not a big fan of flash. It's probably because I'm not very good at it. Um, but uh, I just I, I use the light that's around me because it's a lot easier. Maybe because I'm lazy and I haven't learned, haven't really learned uh, studio flash or or flash. But I got really good at speed lights. But um. It's just, I just like the natural light and that was it because the natural light gives you, um, when the natural light came, switching from the pool, it gave you all that texture on the pool of like the, the reflection of the, of the ripples on the, on the ground. And so that to me, I, I, I like that texture. And so, and plus the pool is really, really dirty. I mean, it's like, it's actually a grimy pool. So you can see all that dirt down there too, especially when you do in black and white.
0: Well, and, and. You mentioned Joe McNally earlier, who, in my opinion, may be the best mm-hmm. lighting technician we have working in photography today. And by the way, if you ever get a chance to see Joe McNally speak live, an amazing public presenter, uh, he did a thing, I think it was a year or so ago, last year, might have been 2019, at Photoshop World, he did the keynote. And it's just, uh, I when it was over, I wanted to go, no, 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 more. Give me more. So <laughs> let's talk post-production here for a second and then I want to get into some of the other images yep. from the book but post-production wise the, yep. the contrast here is super intense now you mentioned you did mm-hmm. use some sharpening on the knot for example right some unsharp masking type thing on, on yep. the knot to, uh, mm-hmm. the front knot to really emphasize yes your eyes are not lying to you Yep. but the contrast here yep. intense every choice that you made I'm going to go back to PPA again, when they said, you know, what, what is the path of the viewer's eye and, and, and taking it through every choice you made here increases the viewer's tension and attention. So what's your process when you, when you shoot a shot Mm -hmm. like this, because I'm guessing you shot it in color, right? Photoshop, Lightroom, Nick plugins, what, what's your editing process and workflow?
1: Believe it or not, that you're, uh, I'm about ready to blow you away again. Um, at least I hope Do so it. my, my, like I said, I, I, worked backwards. Um, and I actually, there was a time that I actually passed the, uh, the Photoshop ACE exam for CS3. I mean, I, I literally, I'd be, I'd be in the airplane, like literally the airplane. Okay. Uh, getting ready to jump. I think when I was, uh, uh like a lot of times you're lagging you video and. There's usually four passes or an acos or two caser king. Yeah, there's three uh, there's three passes, pass has ten guys going. I'd actually sit there, pull up my jumpsuit and pull out my cards and like review and go in. And so what I found out about Photoshop was simply it's kind of like the Walmart of editing. Okay. There's a little bit of everything in there. Every little thing is in there. And I always thought when I first started, I had to know all of it to really do stuff. And then, uh, and I was pretty good with it, but then it got to the point where, as I moved on with my photography career and seal career, kind of like being a seal, it's like, well, you don't need all this crap that you just got issued. You need bullets, you need water, you need comms, you know, you need frags and you need, uh, and more bullets for your AW guy, you know, and that's it. And so that's kind of like Photoshop I was like, what do I really need here? I know this stuff, but I'm getting, I'm getting consumed with time thinking I have to do all this stuff. And, uh, and then as I got smarter and how I wanted to do, once I had that vision, it's like, I know exactly what I need to do. The first thing I do is open up Photoshop. I take the one that I categorize them on Adobe Bridge uh, what evolution was. I pull it in camera raw. I set my resolution at, uh, you know, uh, 1998. Uh, I set the resolution at 400 because when I have prints, when I'm printing them out, that's the resolution that me and my printer have actually worked with. Because you can change that whatever you want. I mean, to me, it's, that's what worked for us. You know, and then uh I just go in. I'll go in and then there's I want this in black and white. So there's so many choices you can do with black and white. And there's lots of plugins that you talked about, uh, Nick's on one. I mean, just exposures. There's so many things you can do. That and in my mind, that just gave you so many other choices. And to me, it's like, okay, you have to have the shot in your head. Say, so how do I do this? And a lot right. of times to me it was basic. I changed the mode to uh to lab. I took the I copy and paste the lab layer on there turn it back, took that, turn that into an overlay layer, bam, bam, bam. And so now I have this beautiful little layer and then I reduce the noise and then I'll go in and reduce noise again, but reduce, but I'll take away um, JPEG artifacts on the blue layer, go back. <laughs> and then now I have a nice clean photo and then I just dodge and burn. Do you shoot in JPEG? Straight do up you shoot the old fashioned dodge and burn. Raw, everything's in raw. And so I'm just okay. building it myself. And- and so and dodging and burning uh, just...
0: it,
1: dodging and burning is one of those things I
0: don't think people do enough. I, I I do a critique show, an image critique show, and one of the things I tell people is mm-hmm. you need to massage the light, and people crack up. I use that term, but it's true. You need to shape <laughs> the light with dodging and burning and, and yeah. put the mm-hmm. focus, you know, where you want it yeah. to be. Um, so this particular image, aside from converting it to black and white doing obviously some unsharp masking, anything unusual you would have done to this, or this was pretty much a straightforward black and white conversion to you?
1: No, you'll be, you'll be, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. It's like, I found that the the more I, for the more I know, the more I photograph that my, my post-processing just takes shorter and shorter amount of time. That's right. it. Because pretty much all the edits I can do now are, are what I want the end state to be. I can do in camera raw. It's like that dial, that that dialogue work uh, flow has gotten so easy, you know, I mean, he used to be able to do a lot of things, you know, but like, but now they have all sorts of good, it's just so easy. And so when I like, they have dehaze now they got like texture. I mean, just they're there. Just, it's, it's such a good right. um, start at starting point for image. It's like, you clean it up, you set everything you do, the resolution set, you can crop and like, okay, bam. And then I'll sit in the Photoshop. And then of course, one of the things I do is take away all the lens, uh, lens artifacts that you find your that the camera always has, no matter how much you clean the sensor with. So I'll go in there and stone, clone stamp and and heal and get all the rest of the uh, the garbage that's in there. Because when you're photographing still training, I can't tell you how many. I mean, I had actually had like three cameras because one of them was always being at the shop getting the sand caked out of it. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but well, you clean all the thing. things up. But th- a lot of a lot of people forget that.
0: That's one of the things I want to touch on really quick. I want to show some other pictures of the book. And while I'm just, we're not going to dive deep into them. People just get the book, trust me. But as I show these, there there is a question, an overriding question that I have had about this entire project, right? This is, you are taking pictures of a military endeavor that a military training that up until now has been pretty much kept under wraps. Like I say, there was, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a fantastic documentary on SEAL training. Um, mm-hmm. But still, you're taking pictures of SEAL training. How did they allow you to do this, one? And two, when you went to them mm-hmm. and said, because I'm guessing you had to go to them and say, oh, by the way, all those pictures I took, yeah, I'm making a book, <laughs> Right. How? What was that process <laughs> like to to get permission to mm-hmm. use these pictures or to even take these pictures? And and as an example, yeah, that's. uh I've got the shot up right now of three three guys in scuba gear, fins in their hands, and they're doing push-ups, covered in sand. What's it like yeah. to get permission for this?
1: <laughs> well, it's that's a great question too, and it all. That's actually even a longer bundle, but I'll I'll put it as as succinctly as I can. Uh I was asked to do it because I like to call, like I say in the book, it's leadership that had a vision. And my reputation as a photographer kind of followed me throughout my SEAL career. You know, I'll deploy and you know, there's there's one point in my career I didn't even touch the camera for five years. I think from like two thousand eleven to seven uh twelve three forty like no, excuse me, like two thousand oh, yeah, two thousand ten, all the way to two thousand and Fifteen. I never touched the camera because I was busy deploying. Um, but I had uh, uh, one of the commanding officers um, that I knew and I worked with Active Valor with because I did all the air scenes. Told me that hey, Seal was uh, the Seal Compound, our uh, Spec War Center was doing a uh, another uh, recruiter video, and they wanted to update all the photos around the compound. And this was kind then of, this was a job for what's called the Scout Team. Okay, Scout Team is basically a command within the SEAL teams that whole job is to recruit. They're the ones they're kind of like recruiters they are finding people that can get, make it through buds or out there uh, seeing people who want to be buds they are actually recruiting. And and that fell that, that uh, uh, PAO's office, you know, in the JAG's office, you know, public affairs officer, that's, that's what they do. And so for me, you was to come in there. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And so, uh, I took that. I was like, all right, I'll take pictures and shoot video for you, whatever you want to do, man. And uh, there's nothing, anything about a book or anything like that. We're just updating the command photographs and doing something uh, for the command that they wanted to do. And uh, the leadership had a really good uh, vision for it. You know, it's like, hey, we want to inspire people. We want to incorporate heritage of what we've been doing because it's the same training we've been doing for the last 50 years. Nothing's changed with it. And so, um, and there's, a lot of it's out changed, there. you know, but, the, the but... Discovery Channel did the big one. Mm-hmm. Right, the Discovery Channel one, right. Nothing may have changed
0: with it, but you've yeah, managed yep. you've managed to capture it in a way. Like I as you were talking, I was switching through the pictures as well. And you've managed to capture it in such a way as to humanize it, but but mm-hmm. not discount the incredible difficulty of it or the importance of it, right? You kept all of that. You know, one of the ones Mm -hmm. I I wanted to touch on from a composition point of view was the one where they're carrying the log and the hands are up, but between the triangle of a guy's head and his arm, you see another guy's eye that's in focus. That's composition, my friend. That is awesome, just awesome. And then the other one, if I can find it, I think it was number, yeah, that one right there is the one where the same guys that are tied up But you're underwater and they're sitting on the edge of the pool and his toe is ripped up, right? It's these little, (laughs) these little bits, right? And you're doing this in a scenario where these guys are, regardless of how they're trained to be relaxed, right? These are not normal human environments for most people. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. difficult and stressful environments, no matter, again, how much you try and stay calm. It is a stressful environment intentionally. So my my last question to you is, as somebody who has gone through this yourself, has photographed it, knowing what that stress is like, and even though you you're not going through it at that moment, everybody has empathy, and you see them, even if you just have a camera in your hand, and you can feel for what they're going through. So there's 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 stress both ways, right? Yep. The camera looks both ways. What's your tip for photographing and getting that shot in
1: a stress environment like this? Oh man, I just, you know, first of all, just stay out of the way. That's number one and just let it happen. Um, but number two, it's like, yeah, you can just know what you're looking for. You know, if like, you know, being a SEAL, you're always in stressful situations and, and SEAL training like every day is freaking stressful. And so, but I, like I said, I remember those evolutions. I know what it's like to go through those evolutions. And I know what part that I'm stressed out about that evolution. And I know what guys are freaked out about. And so it's like, you know, kind of like for, it's like, I know that they're going to be stressed out about this. So I'm going to hit this spot right here because I know what they're looking And of course I can see it in their eyes too. I, you know, you can see it in their eyes. You can see that one that's like, kind of like that, uh, uh-oh moment. And you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on him a little bit, but I'm going to do it off to the side. I don't want him to see me, you know, and sort of thing. And so that's, that's pretty much how it is. Uh, But like, I've led a high speed, not a high speed, but high risk, stressful life for the last, you know, 24 years. And so to me, it's normal, you know, that's our normal every day. But also you hit on another thing about every image has emotion in it. It's either calm, silent, or in your face, this is straight up emotion. And that's what I want to show because that's what SEAL training is. It's, it's young, it's young men out there that are making the impossible possible. And, uh, and for the most part, every, if you read a bunch of uh, Navy SEAL books, you watch uh, SEAL movies or anything like that, they always show how hard training was. And like, this was like really hard, but they don't really go in depth. They just show or talk about how cold they were, or how miserable right. it was, or their guys get together. And like I know Marcus Atrill with lone Survivor did a really good job with that. Uh, so did Rob O'Neill. He's got to kill Bin Laden. He's one of my best friends. In his book, uh, said, so, but they all do. It's like all seals that come out of the book. They always start out with seal training. But it, but it's it's to me it's you, you just can't visualize it unless you're actually there. And so when I'm photographing, I want you to see what no one's going to show you. I want to show you. I'm going to. I'm going to show you how hard this is. I'm going to show you why ninety percent of a hundred and eighty lads that join a class and they're picked from all over the country like college for, for football are come to this class. There's six classes a year, so it's not a lot. Why do 90% of them fail? This is why. You right. know, like, you're, like that guy's right. toe. I mean, his these toe are, was to the These bone. are recruited like, people. It was literally... These
0: are people recruited yeah, just recruited for people. this yeah. and don't make it. And, and This one mm-hmm. shot, you've got a shot of a bunch of guys standing in shorts under rain Yeah. And this shot to me kind of sums up the book really because you have a guy on the left that looks like he is shivering to death and about to go ring that bell. Yeah. You have a guy in the back that looks like he's (laughs) full of muscles and he's going to make it through on Mm -hmm. pure testosterone, right? You've got the guy on the far right who just looks like he's just going to make it. He doesn't even know how. And then you got the guy and you got Mm -hmm. a bunch of other guys in the back, but then you got the guy in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who looks like he's just standing waiting in line for coffee with a slight head cock to him, a slight head yeah. tilt, and he, again he's looking yeah. at the camera like, "Yeah, what else do you got?" Right. That's it. Exactly.
1: Man. Uh-huh. That's that's the book to that, me. That, that 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 was one of my favorite photos. So that that photo right there, that's Hell Week. Okay, that is Wednesday morning of Hell Week. Now our Hell Week goes five and a half days, twenty four seven, Sunday evening all the way to Friday afternoon. 24 7 three hours of sleep and you go evolution after evolution after evolution that's why you notice all their legs are swollen they and you're not allowed to sit down you you have to go you even stand while you eat in hell week and so there's no sleep evolution after evolution that's like wednesday morning is kind of like that big uh that's where you shift if you make it through if you get it to wednesday morning you're pretty much going to make it to Friday. And that's kind of like the rule Wednesday's that big crux day. You Hump know, it's day. like, Oh my God, are you going to make it? And these guys and then those guys, and that's actually the decon that's like in our, our, our decon station, the CTT. Oh, that's actually cold bus 52 degree water coming down on them, which is actually warm at 52 degrees. Cause it was like, you know, 40 degrees on the outside. So they're actually warm, but uh, the guy in the front, I love his look. It's like, yeah, whatever, you know, and now the guys are just freezing their butts off and, uh, I mean, all he those looks, guys made he it, but actually all hard, actually you know. He, he
0: looks comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's he, like, yeah, you said he's, he's waiting in line to get a pump, a pumpkin scone, man. He's like, Oh, what else you got here? take a latte and the other guy's just freezing. but, um, but you don't know who's going to make it. That's the whole point. You don't, you don't. it's it's a war between your ears when it comes to seal training. It's like, what do you have mentally? Cause physically it sucks, but can you keep going? Can't, can you do it? And, uh, I love that photo. I wanted that to be the cover photo. Um, I really, really did. Uh, but as I started to go through it, um, the, the cover photo I have now is what I ended up ultimately choosing because I wanted, because that literally it was overall the image that the command that we worked with, like the PAO's office and all the commanding officers and the Warcom, uh, Jags was like, this is the image, which originally was the focus point of this whole project was heritage you know like right. and that's what it was it's like that's heritage that's guys out there swimming two miles ocean swim just like they did back at the ncdu's the scout raiders world war ii underwater demolition teams that that's what we were meant to do was to swim in uh in enemy grounds you know clear uh clear obstacles set mines swim back and the two mile evolution the two mile ocean swim which that was we do that twice a week and now that's heritage and so you got this old old flare belt on there you got these old scuba pro fins you got your round mask you got your old duck suit udt life vest and life and a wetsuit on that no one uses anymore except for so they only make them for seal training no one in the right mind is going to use this antiquated stuff and uh, and, uh, and a dive knife with you and uh, that that was heritage that's that's this training hasn't changed in 50 years and this is and i did it in a harsh contrasting black and white I mean, I did the curve tool with that and went like this. (laughs) And so, uh, but that's what I wanted it to show. I wanted it to, this is our heritage. And so, but the other one, which you said, it was exactly Uncommon Grit. I'm like, I would have loved to put that one on the front. But uh, I thought the one that I chose made a lot more sense. But that photo is uh, it's exactly what, that's Uncommon Grit right there. And
0: the the cover picture, I think the reason it works for the cover also is it's the success, right? It's not showing that some of these guys may not make it and may ring that bell. It's these guys are mm-hmm. walking strong. And I, I think that comes across. I, I've got one, one question yeah. I need to ask you because, yes, again, I, I, I'm not going to blow air up. You don't need that at, at this point in your career. You're an amazing <sighs> photographer. I'm curious one photographer that Thank inspires you. you. Who's a photographer people should know about? If you were to pick one,
1: Oh, jeez! I, I, wow. Um, the, I you know what? I just don't have a long list of uh, of I just.
0: I mean, you mentioned you, Joe you know, McNally earlier
1: because right I, I. I and it's funny we talked about that because I went to the Photoshop convention in two thousand eight in Vegas and he was a keynote uh, when I really was getting a photography. So, you know, maybe we get done this COVID, maybe I can go to like the Photoshop world conference and be a keynote and talk about this whole story, which would be fun, (laughs) you know, but, um, Oh, you know what? um, (laughs) Scott, Scott,
0: Kelby, I'm going to, I'm going to mention this (laughs) to Scott Kelby because you, you need to be on his show, the grid uh, or on one of his, his photography things that he's doing online now. Uh, Because seriously, darren your work to me is amazing and again you know people say it but with the deepest meaning i could give thank you so much for what you do what your fellow you know military do oh. uh, and for your service it is much appreciated the book itself is uncommon grit the website is uncommongritbook.com, dot com right
1: that is correct. Yep, uncommon grit book com and uh my Instagram is mcteams3842. So, okay. That's, uh that's And where then are. LinkedIn
0: DM <laughs> uh, or quite actually the d- journey. D- I'm sorry, say again the the lag I I stepped on you. Okay. I apologize.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh Instagram is mcteams343 mcteams m c t e a m s 3842 and LinkedIn is d mcburnett. So, okay. And, and then my it's website is uh, com uh, d- website.
0: Okay. Yep. So, yep. everybody, you need to go check out Darren's work because it this book, uh, it's available everywhere, by the way. You can get it on Amazon and everything. But if you go to the website, uncommongritbook.com, uh, and again, uncommon mm-hmm. grit like you think it would be spelled, they've got links to everywhere that you can buy it. And don't just look at the pictures. Some of the text in there telling, like the, setting it up, really is I think what makes mm-hmm. the book, even though it's in many ways a photo book. Uh, so make sure you go check it out. And Darren, thank mm-hmm. you so much for doing this. I appreciate your time. I kept you long, but I really appreciate it, man.
1: No, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I really, but I have to, if you'd let me go back to finish your last question, I think if I have to go through everything, uh, Franz Lansing was probably the guy that I thought would really, nailed the head was really one of my favorites to look at, to be honest with you. Um, I had to really dig deep and I remember, but uh, also one last, yeah, it was a wildlife. Okay. Way back in the day. I don't know if you, I mean, just, it was just one of those guys, but, uh, but here's the thing about Scott Kelby. He was, that was the first book that I actually bought was a Scott Kelby book back in 2007. Very first one for digital, understanding digital photography the small little book. That was, that was my, that was my guide for about a year. (laughs) And and in those days, really everybody, his Photoshop So if you you talk to him, thank him.
0: I definitely will. I'm, I'm I'm serious. I'm going to email him and the guy that does his blog right after this, because they've got to know about you. It's just absolutely amazing. Oh, Uh, again, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was fun to meet
1: you Uh, too. I love your book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Please thank
1: Linda for me too. Thank you so much. It's an honor, man. Yes, I will, Linda. Yeah, she's out there, and so she's uh, getting it out there. And it's a privilege. It's an honor, you know. I've been doing photography for a long time, and you know, this is, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to talk about photography, and it's everything that I learned. It's about that's about being a Navy SEAL. It's like, hey, if you're gonna do something, then be good at it. Don't don't be don't half-ass it. Just be good at it. If you you're doing photos and they're not good well then freaking delete them. Okay. Or just do something. Just don't put crap out there. It's like, for me, it's like, Hey, this is the, this is the best that I can do. This is it. It's like, I can't do any better. So here, you know, so if it sucks, you know, that's that, that's my mindset. If it sucks it's like, well, I can't do any better, but I just did the best of everything that I learned in photography, everything that I did, all this, just th- this is it, you know? And so if you're going to do that one thing, make sure you do it right. Wow. So, I hope to think that I did it right. And I'm glad everybody loved it. So you, thank sir,
0: you. you, sir, did it right. It is absolutely amazing. So again, make sure you go check out the book. Darren's book is Uncommon Grit, Uncommon Grit Book dot com. Website is Mick Burnett. There's two T's and Burnett one R two T's. Uh, Mick Teams three, eight, four, two. And then LinkedIn is D Mick Burnett. Go look Darren up because or Mick B as as you're known, uh, because seriously, just. Oh. God, you're good. Uh, I do want to remind everybody. I do the shows with Don Comarechka. We've got a great one coming up in November. If you are not aware of that, you can sign up—or sign up's the wrong term. If you go sign up and for a Flickr account, it can be free or paid, and then join the Behind the Shot Flickr group. You could submit images there to be critiqued. You must tag them with BTS critique. I don't want to grab a picture and critique it. If you're just trying to participate in community, so tag it with BTS critique with a Flickr tag in the Flickr group, Behind the Shot. We use those and we do them about once a month right now. Don Komareczka, the Macro Genius, the Mad Scientist and I. We're having a lot of fun with that. So make sure you go check that out. And to everybody, thanks as always for watching. My name is Steve Brazel. If you wanna reach out to me, the best way is the website stevebrazzle.com. Uh, it's like the country of Brazil, but two L's. The website for the podcast is behindtheshot.tv. You can find all the links to subscribe there. You can find notes about this show there, as well as a small gallery of Darren's work. You can find me on YouTube at Behind the Shot as well. And this has just been a wonderful show. Again, thanks to my guest, Darren McBurnett. It was absolutely wonderful to meet him. And to everybody, thanks as well for subscribing on YouTube and watching the show. I appreciate it. We will see you on the next show.